Hi guys, Ricky Pope here, and this week on the Christian Energy Night podcast, we're joined by Cal Jameson, writer and creator of Shinobi Sasquatch, co-host of Breaking Rad, and we talk about his upcoming graphic novel, Days of Noah, plus scripture and nerdy news, and we'll get to all of that right after this. Hey guys, this is Ashley Cox from Fangirling Over Jesus. At FOJ, we believe in hope and light in the darkness and that you are not alone. We seek to unite and celebrate the intersection of the gospel and our favorite fandoms, and we get to do this through our social media, our podcast devotional, and our cosplay and fashion. And you can find links to all of that through our website, www.fangirlingoverjesus.com, through our social media, at Fangirling Over Jesus, wherever you get your podcasts, and on Etsy. See you online. Thank you so much for joining me this week on the Christian Nerd Tonight podcast. Uh, you guys are the reason that I do this every week. And uh, we're also part of the Christian Nerd HQ podcast network. So make sure you go to ChristianNerdHQ.com and uh, follow all the podcasts there. We would really appreciate it. Now let's read some scripture. Matthew 24, 34 through 39. Truly, I tell you, this generation will certainly not pass away until all things have happened. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. But about that day or hour, no one knows, not even the angels in heaven, nor the Son, but only the Father. As it was in the days of Noah, so it will be in the coming of the Son of Man. For in the days before the flood, people were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, up to the day Noah entered the ark. And they knew nothing about what would happen until the flood came and took them away. That is how it will be at the coming of the Son of Man. This and the passage right before it are fascinating and, and point at the second coming of Christ. Many will say they understand this and say that his coming is soon. Many have said that for many years as well. And uh, I don't disagree, but soon is a relative term. But Jesus makes it clear here that even he doesn't know the day or time and uh, that it will be as in the days of Noah. Some imply this is a reference to how bad things were, but uh, the passage is clearly referencing the idea that people were just doing normal things, going about their daily lives, eating, drinking, sleeping, working. It will be surprising. I pray that we will focus on the most important things as we await his return. And I would say the most important thing is Jesus's command to share the gospel and make disciples. And I pray that this week you'll consider who you can share the good news of Jesus with. Now for some nerdy news. 
Taylor Swift's concert movie stays in first place this past weekend at the domestic box office, adding $33 million for a new domestic total of $131 million and worldwide a total of $178 million. The new Martin Scorsese film, Killers of the Flower Moon, comes in second place with $23 million domestically. The film follows the true story of a series of murders in the Osage Nation in the 1920s. The film has a runtime of 3 hours and 26 minutes, so it's super long. Expect this film to be in the Oscar contentions. The Exorcist Believer and Paw Patrol The Mighty Movie take 3rd and 4th place, and the 30th anniversary release of The Nightmare Before Christmas rounds out the top 5. The Hollywood Reporter is saying that the Greg Wiseman-created Disney animated series Gargoyles from the 90s is in the works for a live-action revival. Gary Doberman and James Wan's Atomic Monster that produced the Annabelle series have been tapped to head up the new series. Doberman is set to write, executive produce, and serve as the showrunner for the series. For now, there's no new release date. In our interview today, Cal Jamison shares about his upcoming book, The Days of Noah, that he describes as Christian, Lovecraftian, monster hunting, and horror comic. And we also talk about his thoughts on horror as something that the Bible uses to shine light on truth. Now, let's get right into our interview. Cal Jamison, it is great to have you on the Christian Urge Unite podcast today. That's great to be here, man. Thanks for inviting me. Uh, for those who might be unfamiliar with you, you're a writer, uh, you are on some a podcast, and um, you've done uh, quite a few different things you've been involved in lately. But yeah. uh, tell us a little bit about the, the project that you're working on right now. I know it's called The Days of Noah. So talk to me a little bit about that. Okay, so Days of Noah is... Um, we. We talked a little before stream how how the things coming together seem a little bit incongruous. <laughs> they don't really go together. <laughs> it's Lovecraftian uh, horror um, set in a distinctly Christian universe featuring um, real Christian characters um, mm. with real Christian struggles. Um, you know, uh, you know, as a believer who's into pop culture and stuff, I know that you've you've probably seen these Christian portrayals in Holly from Hollywood. And it's mm -hmm. like either they're, they're usually awful. They're usually bigoted mm -hmm. and uh, rude and judgmental. I think of like Angela in the office, also hypocritical um, or they're, uh, you know, just like perfect. Mm -hmm. Usually that's the, that's, that's the exception, yeah. but, but you like, they're like, they're just holy all the time every day. There's nothing ever wrong. Uh, so I, I wanted to write something and, um, and do do the art myself and just do the whole thing myself that was um just overtly christian not preachy not you're not getting like a, a roman's road gospel presentation every issue or anything but it's <laughs> just just very uh unapologetically christian um and the way the lovecraft works in is a little interesting but it, it actually tracks um if you uh if you look you know if you read through the bible and you read the description of angels Mm -hmm. You've got these, you know, you've these creatures with six wings and uh, covered in eyes and 
you go to Ezekiel and you've got the wheels and just the wheels covered in eyes and they move this way and that way. And, um, and so you've got these angelic beings that kind of, they kind of fit the description of cosmic horror. If Mm. you, if you put them in that context, now these are holy and good beings, but, but imagine if they fell and became evil, Mm. what might they, their appearance look like? And, and, you know, in the Bible, whenever someone comes across an angel face down, they're always just like, Oh man, this is crazy. Uh, and so I'm like, you know, this, this, this meshes with Lovecraft, you know, love, the Mm. difference is Lovecraft's universe is, is, um, distinctly anti-Christian because Mm. in, in Lovecraft's universe, we're all part of the dream of an elder God that if he wakes up, we all, we all just cease to exist. Mm. So in, in days of Noah, all of these gods are actually false gods. You know, just like Dagon, mm. you know, L- Lovecraft used Dagon. Dagon's a god mm. in the Bible. And so, um, uh, you know, Dagon, Molech, Baal, Ash, you know, all these these false gods bring those into Days of Noah. And a lot of them are portrayed as they're portraying themselves as these cosmic horror entities. And so that's where the Lovecraft comes in. Um, okay. And uh, so it's not. It's not, you know, true fans of Lovecraft to be like, that's not Lovecraft anymore. That's fine. It doesn't, <laughs> doesn't have to be. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to glorify God with what I'm doing in Lovecraft. And I love Lovecraft, but doesn't glorify God. <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of anti that. But yeah. And some other influences, just tagging on to the end. X-Files, Supernatural, all these awesome Monster of the Week, you know, uh, programs and and stuff out there all mm-hmm. that stuff goes in a uh, hellboy all that stuff goes into um this book it's it's kind of a culmination of like everything i love but with christ the there's my pitch <laughs> very cool well um so when you say days of noah my, my first thought was are, are we we're talking about a, a biblical epic kind of book but that's obviously not what we're talking about um, so is this more of a a modern setting? Why? Or where did the name come from? Okay, so the name is kind of twofold. So number one, the the protagonist is named Noah. That's secondary. I decided to mm-hmm. name him Noah just because it makes sense. The book's called Days of Noah. Let's let's name the protagonist Noah. <laughs> but um, but I'm kind of I'm kind of vamping on you know when Jesus said uh, the end times will be as it was in the days of Noah. And um, okay. I'm I'm part of like this Christian fringe Christian Orthodox but fringe Christian community where we kind of um, we kind of tear into Genesis uh, six, get the Book of Enoch, all that stuff. So the Nephilim, all that yeah. is is a big part of my study. Um, and and uh, you know the 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 kind of um, you know endeavors I get into when it comes to like reading and, and uh, really learning about things nowadays. Cause I've mm-hmm. gone through theology, uh, Bible school. Um, like that stuff doesn't bore me, but it's, it's like, uh, I want to get into the weird stuff in the Bible that we don't talk about. much. You mm. know? Okay. Like when Jude says, uh, uh, you know, that, that Satan and Michael fought over the body of Moses. Like, what is that about? So that's, that's kind of where <laughs> I'm at. So Days of Noah kind of plays on that, and I'm I'm kind of marketing towards that community because we don't have okay. really anything like Days of Noah. We have we have novels, um, mm-hmm. and uh, um, my new buddy Brand, Brandon Hollingsworth, who do, uh, who does oh um, yeah yeah 
You know Brandon? Okay. Yeah, Brandon's he, actually been on the show before. Oh, good. Yeah, he's he's he does something. Uh, he does novels or novellas and um and I think comics of a character named Tenet, who is like a a, mm-hmm. a fallen yeah. angel, but who decides to be good. Um, so it's kind of in that category. Um, but but this will be the as far as I know the first like distinctly Christian um horror kind of thing that that really tackles the nephilim situation in the modern day and so um so like werewolves vampires name a monster black-eyed kids is kind of it kind of features on the first few pages of days of noah um they're all genetic experiments down through the centuries of of the fallen angels and then the nephilim kind of taking over these half breeds that are half angel half human um, kind of taking over and, and using this, the knowledge from uh, from the fallen angels um, to manipulate the genetic information um, to create hybrids, you know, chimeras, um, mixtures between not just angels and humans, but animals and insects and fish and, you know, like tree plants even, you know, like, uh, you know, if, in the Book of Enoch, there's like this whole thread of like, well, the, the way that humans learned about metallurgy and cosmetics, mm. all that stuff was from the watchers who were these angels who decided to have sex with human women. And so, yeah, I'm bringing that all into days of Noah. That's kind of like when Jesus said, Hey, it'll be like the days of Noah. I'm taking that very literally. And it'll be, so though our world is kind of secretly just teeming with, with Nephilim and, and, uh, and, and then it, yeah, yeah. I'll just stop there. <laughs> <laughs> No, I'll let you stuff. ask questions because I'm just jabbering. <laughs> no, no, that's good stuff. Um, you should check out uh, Brian Gadawa's stuff. Oh, I love Brian Gadawa. Yeah, yeah, he's great. Yeah, Brian's been on the show actually working on trying to get him back on the show because he has a new book out. Uh, yeah, coming out. he's so, great. Yeah, Brian's a great guy. So, um, so now you said you're working on the art as well. Now, is this going to be a comic book is this a graphic novel is this something else what exactly is it so the first my first installment will be a, a single kind of floppy length 24ish pages um of a, of kind of an introduction to not just the days of noah but to the whole universe because i have mm. five or six more ips already developed um, world world built character developed storylines and arcs written and everything um and so he's kind of he noah and days of noah is kind of an introduction into that whole universe um and what that's going to be is a free digital comic for all the backers of um my first comic campaign shinobi sasquatch um it's a little late and uh trying trying to throw some uh trying to gain back some favor by giving some more free stuff. Um, so everyone's going to get, I can't afford to give out free, di- free physical copies, but everyone's going to get a free digital copy. Mm-hmm. So anyone who backed Shinobi Sasquatch um, in the past and, or in the future, don't back it yet. Cause I want to get a good ETA. Um, but uh, they will also get whenever days of Noah is finished, they'll get that digital comic right away. So it won't okay. be, they won't, you have to wait, don't have to wait till Shinobi Sasquatch ships. You'll get something in the meantime that you can read. Art is nowhere near as good as Shinobi Sasquatch because I'm I'm just I'm about just under four months drawing. Um, uh, I drew as a as a young man, and I drew I've doodled a little bit over the years. But like being a like saying okay, I'm going to be an artist. I'm going to draw now every day. 
it's been a little under four months, I think. Mm. And, um, and so I'm, I'm evolving and I'm leveling up, but, um, the early, I'm, I'm sure that the early pages that I'm working on will, I'll want to completely redraw those. Um, and so Mm. it'll take a little time to finish the book, but, um, that's, that's my plan is to give that free initially to all my backers. And if someone wants it, that's not a backer of Shinobi Sasquatch. I'm sure I can make that happen. Um, and then, but if I, if I get enough traction from that, then I can actually, um, start doing, you know, a regular, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm fast enough to do like a monthly comic, but you know, mm. every two, three months, put one out and I just love doing it. So I don't even, I don't, the money is kind of like, I mean, to reimburse me for my time a little bit maybe, but, but I really just kind of want to get my stories out there. So I'm not even mm. super concerned about price point or being published through a comic publisher or anything. I just okay. want to, I want to get these stories out, man. I just want to tell them. <laughs> awesome. Well, how did you kind of, how did you get involved in, in this idea? The, not necessarily in Noah, the days of Noah, but just in, in, in you've got a story that you want to tell that, you know, you wanted to be the artist of, how did you get involved in that world? Oh man. Uh, well, initially it was in the nineties image comics okay. was really big. Yep. I saw, I was going to the comic shop to pick up like role-playing game books. I'm wearing a run, run D and D shirt. Uh, I love tabletop role-playing games. And so I was going to pick up dice or a book or something. And I saw spawn and I'm like, Whoa, that looks cool. I didn't care about Superman and Wonder Woman. Like, none of that stuff mm. really interests me, but Spawn, mm. like, wow, anti-hero horror mixed with superhero, that that really got, like, spoke to me. So that got me into comics, and mm. um, I started, I wanted to be comic artist slash writer back then, but I did not have, I did not have the patience to learn to, to be an artist. <laughs> now I have an iPad, and all my mistakes get erased with two-finger tap. So um, it, <laughs> it's, uh, it's a different world we live in. Um, so that kind of gave me my initial love. I'm like, okay, I want to tell stories in picture form. Mm. Um, but then, um, then I became a Christian Well, I was a Christian, but I kind of got back in touch with my faith, um, got into music and became a worship leader. And then my career for the past 20 plus years has been a worship pastor. So mm. I've kind of, I kind of like left art, you know, in the dust. I was just like, well, I'm not really good at it anyway. And writing, I didn't care about writing. I, I write devotional materials, but like telling stories wasn't big on my radar. Mm. But about a decade ago, um, I got back in touch with a friend of mine who we got, we were into comics together in the nineties and early two thousands. And um, we were like, Hey, let's, let's write screenplays and try and like be Hollywood screenwriters. And, <laughs> then we realized really fast how that's just impossible unless you live in LA um, and know you have to like know people. And mm. so I'm like, well, let's, so we had went through an evolution. Okay. Well instead let's do like short videos and put them on the internet. And so we, I would write scripts for, for, you know, stuff that would be low production cost. And, um, and we do table reads with, you know, pers- you know, uh, people who wanted to be actors or, mm. Um, who at least could do uh, stand in for one. <laughs> yeah. Um, that, that fizzled out. Um, started writing uh, 
novels. Um, I'm not great at long form prose. And then we circled back around to comics and I was like, Oh, let's just do comics, man. That's the best way to tell stories. It's pictures and, and words and um, people read and take, take the story in at their own pace. Um, and so that started, like I said, about a decade ago. And um, so for 10 years, I've kind of been building worlds and writing story arcs and creating characters and not putting anything out. Um, and uh, so, so now, yeah, I'm kind of, now I'm at the point where it's like, well, I'm just going to be the artist myself and I'm just going to do everything. I'm just going to write art, <laughs> do the lettering. Cause I'm a letterer too. So um, like writing came first and then I, then I got into lettering and I, I really enjoy lettering comics and, and making sure that the lettering is, is high quality along with the art. Um, mm. And then art kind of came last. I'm like, Oh, maybe I'll just do art too. And uh, it's just been turning out okay so far. I'm, I'm enjoying it. <laughs> Very cool. Well, now you also have a, a podcast. Um, I, I guess a, is is it a, is it an audio podcast or is it only a YouTube channel? Yeah, it's just YouTube now. I think we do okay. want to podcast at some point, but yeah, it's just YouTube now. So, so how did and that's called Breaking Rad. Mm-hmm. And so, how did that all all begin? Because I know that kind of revolves around this whole comic book idea as well, right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I met the other hosts, uh, Macho Dan, um, uh, Mutt Man and 6AM Comics. So that's all their handles. Obviously their online handles. I don't think any, I don't think uh, parents would name their kids 6AM Comics unless they have just amazing <laughs> prescience. Like I know this kid is going to draw comic books. Uh, it, we, we met a few years ago. Um, we were, we were part of a movement, um, kind of a counter culture movement called Comics Gate. That was kind of, Saying, hey, I don't really like the direction of comics now. We have um, politics invading our stories. Um, mm-hmm. We have, you know, uh, m- several decades old beloved characters who are being hijacked um, and being used as mouthpieces for certain political ideology. Um, and so we we're like, we were all part of this little comics gate thing that um, was just trying to do something different, trying to say, Hey, let's, let's just make entertainment and not be preachy one side or the other. Let's just tell stories that, that entertain and, um, have good art. And Mm. so we were kind of around to at the beginning of that movement and, um, wherever it is now, I mean, we're still, you know, we're still kind of around hanging out and stuff. Um, but, uh, but that kind of got us to, into this, um, this mentality of, Hey, let's do, let's do YouTube. Let's, let's get together and just hang out and talk and, mm. um, and not be, not do drama stuff. Um, there's a lot of drama streams out there. If people like that, you go check it out, but we're, we're like, we just want a lot be, of hate watching right now going. Yeah. On. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we just want to kind of, I mean, we do, we gripe about stuff too, you know, but, but we mainly, we just kind of want to be, um, just have fun, be positive. Mm. We don't want to, create negative uh, emotions in people and we just want to chill and hang out and talk about comics and uh, making comics, reading comics um, and then just pop culture in general, you know, like um, uh, TV shows we like, movies, video games, tabletops, um, whatever, you know, anything that's in that pop culture realm, we all kind of have our own little niches. Um, uh, Some of the guys are really into pro wrestling. um, And so we were doing, we did, uh, and we did events called uh, CGWE, so Comics Gate Wrestling Entertainment or something like that, <laughs> where Mark, uh, 6AM Comics, would, 
play um, a wrestling game, a WWE wrestling game. Um, he would create the characters like based on the the people, you know, comic creators in the community. <laughs> um, and then he would just let the game play and fight each other. And we, our biggest, our biggest uh, videos have been these CGWE events where we really it's just people watching a video game play itself. And, and then the guys commenting on it like they're actually commentators at a wrestling event. Um, and so we've got, I mean, it's easily, our biggest one of those is easily uh, 10 times the views of anything else we do. People just loved it. Um, but it's, it's a lot of work for Mark to make those. Oh, um, I bet. And so anyway, yeah. So that's kind of where we're at now. But yeah, we just, we just to go back to the beginning, we're just Christian dude dads who are like, hey, Oh, you're a Christian too? Cool. Um, I know this other guy who's a Christian. We should all hang out and talk. And yeah, so it started pretty simply. Like, let's fellowship. You know, let's hang out. <laughs> so when you are, you know, in the middle, obviously a lot of your stuff that you're working on is is faith based, or as one of my friends calls it, faith adjacent. Right. Um, so a lot of your stuff falls into that. How do you think your faith plays into your the creative things that you do? It's a good question. Um, yeah, this I actually just wrote a devotional for my te- my team. I'm, for anyone watching it, if I didn't mention, I'm a worship pastor, um, and uh, I write devotionals each week for my for my ministry. And um, I this week I I was talking about this subject of um, there are kind of, there's two things that shape kind of how you react to reality, to what's happening. Mm. And one of those things is your worldview and the other is your perspective. And Mm. um, your perspective is influenced by your worldview, like what you know, but it's also influenced by your emotions, right? So that's kind of the whole devotional thing, but staying on the worldview side, um, I think whatever your worldview is, it's going to seep out into anything you create. And, Mm. And if it doesn't, then you probably don't hold tight enough to it. You know, if you, if you're a Christian um, and you're just, and when you create, it's just godless and um, uh, hopeless, you probably need to zero back in on Christ a little bit. You know, Mm. like I I know some people are like, Oh man, I hate stories of happy endings. It's not realistic. And it's like, well, that's not why we write stories though. We, we want people to have escapism that makes them, that makes them gives makes them feel good, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know not everyone agrees. Some people just really like feeling <laughs> crappy when they watch stuff. I don't know. Um, but uh, but for me, uh, I, I think yeah. If you if you if you know Jesus and you love Jesus and you you stand on the Word of God and the morality that comes from it, that's kind of going to come out in, in what you create. And so mm-hmm. yeah, for me, I haven't been super overt over over the years um, in making my uh my stories overtly christian um but that morality is kind of always in there you know Mm. um i don't think you can get away from it uh i don't think you even need to try if your worldview if you're if you hold tight to your worldview i think it's just gonna happen you know nice now you got into you you said this earlier you got into art um into drawing Mm-hmm. Uh, fairly recently, and uh, is what what made you decide 
you know, this is, this is what I need to, I need to do this right now. Um, and, and, um, you know, what does that process look like? I know you said a little bit about you, you probably are going to want to go redraw all the stuff you drew at the beginning, but you know, what was it like for you deciding, okay, I'm, I'm writing these stories. It's time for me to start, uh, drawing these stories now. Yeah. I don't know if it was like at the, at the front of my mind, but, but having to, um, one pay an artist and I work, I mean, I'm, I'm a, I'm a minister's salary here, you know, (laughs) I'm not rolling in money. Um, so having to pay an artist and the artist definitely deserve to be paid. Don't get me Mm -hmm. wrong. Like art is, it takes so much longer than writing. For instance, I'm I'm writing I'm drawing um, writing and drawing an ash can called Gator Roy, which we can talk about if you want later. But um, I had three pages of script written, I think, <laughs> and I started drawing them. And I got to the third page, and several hours later, um, I the first page is finished, and I'd drawn two more pages, just layouts, just blue pencil layouts. And I thought, oh man, I need more story. And I went to the script, and and 20 minutes later, I had two more pages of script those two pages will take many hours for me to draw, you know, probably <laughs> better artists, uh, a lot, they'll be a lot quicker, but, um, so anyway, so, so that idea of paying artists, they deserve their pay, but I don't have money. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I have that, but also rely, just relying on someone else to help you make your thing happen. Mm. Um, some people are reliable and other people are not. And other people mm. are, wavering in the middle. Uh, obviously my first comic is did really well on Indiegogo and it's several years later, few, three, four years later right now, and it's still not out. Um, mm-hmm. And so I'm just kind of, like I said, I don't know if this was the four of my mind, but I think that it definitely played into me sitting down and picking up a drawing pad and a pencil and, and feeling like, Hey, I want to doodle today. I want to doodle some stuff. Uh, and I realized the more that I was doing that, kind of just drawing every day. Um, I was improving and I'm going, Oh man, this is like, I might actually have a talent. I thought I didn't, but uh, you know, God is good and he, he gives gifts where, where he wants them to go. And, um, and I was kind of realizing, actually I do have a talent. Like this is the shapes are starting to come. And, um, and so then I got an iPad and um, it's been crazy since then. Cause I just, I just, draw every day and when i make mistakes i just double finger tap and the mistake goes away you know if i draw that if i draw the head too far down i just circle it and twist it and put it in the, <laughs> it's where it goes so i mean i think i think like real artists would probably go oh man he's cheating so much he's like totally cheating <laughs> i don't care i just want to tell good stories and i want good art to go with it and i don't care if i'm cutting corners um in terms of uh my process my learning process Mm. Um, so I'm not, I'm not going to take two years to learn anatomy, you know, instead mm. I'm going to come up with a panel and if there's a pose and I can't make it happen from my imagination and I'll just search on the internet and I'll find a pose and I'll look at it and I'll draw it a couple times. And so that's the process for me is really trial and error. And that's why some of the pages mm. take so long is, is I'm, I'm kind of laying it out. And then I'm later, when I go back to ink it, it's, it's, 
inking what I have. And if that looks crappy, then finding something on the internet, like what, what is, uh, what is a guy swimming upward look like that actually came from my imagination in a recent page. But if I had to, I'd look that up. Um, so anyway, yeah, that's the process, man. It's just, it's just like drawing crappy a bunch and then finally something good comes out. <laughs> well, I know you but, mentioned image comics earlier, so, uh, I'll just I'll just advise you right now. Uh, don't look to Rob Liefeld for drawing feet. Just nope. avoid that. <clears throat> just staying away from that the, the Liefeld feet. <laughs> yeah, stay away from Liefeld's feet. Um, uh, you know, if you if you can't figure out how to draw feet, just cut them off at the knees on the frame in the in the picture, and you don't have oh, to yeah. worry about the feet. <laughs> yep. Did that just recently. I'm actually getting pretty okay at drawing feet. Like cartoony, not not fully cartoony, but not fully realistic feet, somewhere in the middle. But there's an image of Noah from Days of Noah fighting this big Lovecraftian monster um, that's that's on my Twitter account if you guys want to go check or X account if you want to check it out. But he, I could not get the feet the way I wanted them. So yeah, I did exactly what you said. There's smoke and stuff, and they his feet just disappear <laughs> into the smoke, and uh, so we're good now. <laughs> yeah, I, I hear you on that's, the rot life field. That's thing. the that's the uh, the Bob Ross uh, approach. Um, oh, that yeah, that's not a mistake. We're we're just going to turn that into a happy little bird. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yep, I use a lot of that. Ah. <laughs> uh. Well, now, now you guys over at uh, Breaking Rad, you guys came up with kind of your own little superhero team recently, or not not too long ago, I guess. Yeah. Um, talk to me a little. Talk to us a little bit about that. You guys called them the Drifters. Yeah. Okay. So this this started, um, I think it was a couple years ago when Marvel Marvel came out with a super team called the New New Warriors. And just to give you an idea of what this what this team is like, um, one of them got his power from internet gas. <laughs> um, there's a there's a, a pair of siblings. I think they're twins named Safe Space, and I can't remember the other one. Um, one of them is non-binary. Um, there's a um, a, an obese um, member of the team. Um, now we have the blob in comics and that's great, mm -hmm. but this is my point is this team was like very specifically crafted one by mm -hmm. one to, to just be inclusive. And mm -hmm. I'm all for uh, organic inclusivity, like creating mm -hmm. a world that's populated with real people. Mm -hmm. But we're talking about a super team that fights fights crime on the super level um and we and so we're looking at this team going this is just kind of kind of pitiful and, and awful and i don't think it even got published because no one wanted it but it but there was promo stuff out for it right mm. so we're like hey let's do a stream and let's just create a better team just live on stream just create a better super team and so it was kind of a joke like i mean we knew we could because that's an awful team but but like we we didn't expect to do anything with it and then we crafted this team live on stream and the stream ended and we're like, man, this is a, this is a cool team. Like we've got, you know, there's nothing really new under the sun, but we, mm -hmm. we created uh, iterations of things that are out there 
Um, like for instance, we have a character who, who, when you look at the art, you go, oh, that's really similar to like Swamp Thing or Man Thing. It's this character named Cezanne, which is like French for season. Um, okay. But, but the 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 thing that makes it a, an offshoot or an iteration, it's not exactly like those things. Um, she's in, she's from outer space. She's from another planet or something. Um, and her kind of like how when Superman comes to Earth, our yellow sun affects him and gives him powers. Um, her race, hmm. when they come to Earth, the seasons affect them, and they they actually cause them to go through a cycle. So, um, you know, each season affects their physical um, body, but also their powers. And so, hmm. in the uh, in the winter, for instance, <clears throat> she becomes very emaciated, and um, her powers kind of revolve around sucking energy and life force. Um, and then until okay. at the end of winter, she actually kind of crumbles into a pile of ash and all that's left is a skull. Mm. But that skull, as the spring begins, that skull becomes in, encased with um, vegetation, vines and roots and things. And then, um, and then it grows into this swamp thing-ish creature that, um, that kind of has this, her old skull, her old form skull as its okay. head. But then she's actually there's a big amber like um, pod right in the right in the midsection, and she's gestating inside it, and so she's becoming a new version of her. And as as it gets closer and closer to summer, um, that pod becomes hotter and hotter, and she burns out of it and becomes kind of like a, a heat um, a heat based kind of a fairyish version of herself. So. So that's a long way to say she is kind of swamp thingish in the spring, <laughs> but you throughout the year she's different kind of different things, and so all of our characters kind of have that same. Like we have a character that's kind of similar to Dead Man, um, in that he's a ghost, but he's okay. attached to uh, a Japanese oni mask. Um, he got cursed because when he was in Japan he. He peed into on a tour. He peed into like a uh, a um, like kind of like a holy um, relic, like a bucket or something, or like a vase. But it was like a it kind it contained like the the bones of a of a you know. Well, I don't know. We don't. We, I don't know if we have like lot have that locked in. But whatever it was, it cursed him. <laughs> so he got sucked into this oni mask that was hanging on the wall, and so now he's attached to this mask. And so he can you see this mask kind of flying around, but if he wants to have a body, he has to inhabit um, a dead body. So sometimes mm. it's a skeleton, sometimes it's a corpse. Um, in rare occasions, he can he he can inhabit a uh, an unconscious person, but we don't have him like possessing people, like living people mm. as a rule. So anyway, so that's our that's our super team, and we just we, we loved it so much. We're like, let's let's freaking go with this thing, man. It's it's a <laughs> It's a cool team. So we've been developing those characters in that world for the past couple of years. Um, we have a script that's for the first issue that's kind of about halfway done. And then, like you mentioned, we have an Ashcan that's going to go with the book called Gator Roy. It's another mm. character we created live on stream. He's a guy who um, happened upon angel angel armor, but it was in the form of clothes um, on the beach. He's walking along the beach, and there's like a pile of clothes. There's a pair of um, British knight shoes. 
I actually changed it to Spanish <laughs> Caballero because I don't want to. I don't want to use real brands. Yeah. But he's like, hey, man, I found some clothes. Sweet, you know. And he, he takes these clothes and he puts them on and he finds in the pocket a, a butterfly knife and he's flipping it around and it a flaming sword comes out. He's like, what the heck? And it and it like flies out into the ocean or into the into the lake. And uh, anyway, that's that's. I won't go into the story of the book, but so he basically, he becomes a superhero by accident by getting possession of angel um, armor and, and weapon. Um, and so he's kind of, he kind of stole it, you know? And so the Ashcan is going to be a little bit of a redemption arc for this character that no one even knows who he is, but you have in the first couple of pages, you kind of know, you get the idea that he's not a very selfless guy. Um, and so that first issue is going to be kind of an emotional journey for him <laughs> mm. uh, spiritual journey and yes drifters it's going to be great look for it <laughs> very cool well kind of kind of wrap us back to the beginning again uh, so the days of noah um you know we're recording early this probably won't hit until october um so days of noah it you you said it's going to have a lot of horror elements um and uh, one thing that I have always been super interested in is this idea of, you know, can there be, should there be Christian horror? Mm. And uh, it sounds like I, I have a good idea of what your opinion there is, but um, it, how would you lay that out for somebody? How right. would you pitch the idea that, that Christian horror makes sense, that it's, it, it's something that should be? Yeah, that's a great question, man. And you mentioned um, earlier, I don't know if it was on or off uh, recording, uh, Brian Gadawa. So I'm just yeah. going to tell people ahead of time, for a really good take on this, look for Brian Gadawa's, um, uh, he wrote he wrote a short article about um, using horror as a, a, a biblical genre, um, hmm. or that horror is a biblical genre, and so it's okay for us to use it now. Um, and before I, before I give you my, like my pastor, um, answer, uh, I do want to shed light on, on a, um, people, a lot of people, if they don't follow like screenwriting, like the process mm -hmm. of creating film. Um, but in Hollywood, there's a formula, um, called myth M I T H for writing horror movies. And it stands for monster in the house. And what goes into that is three elements. And one is there's a monster. Second, there's a house. And the third, there's a sin. Um, the monster can be a monster or not a monster. It can be um, a human. It can be a force of nature like a tornado. It can be a shark, as in Jaws. Mm -hmm. um, the house can be a house, like in a haunted house movie, or it can be the beach mm -hmm. in the movie Jaws. <laughs> um, okay. The sin... Um, is always a sin. It's always the hu it's almost always the hubris of man. It's always the almost always man um, being self-centered. Um, and that is if you just mm. pick a random horror movie over the past you know forty years um, or longer. Um, I don't know how long that formula has been in place, but um, and you're going to find those elements pretty common in most horror movies. Um, and I, th I find it interesting that Hollywood uses sin as one of their main ingredients for a horror movie. Why does, why does man suffer in these more movies? Because they're evil at their mm. heart. Man, man is flawed. We have a sin nature. Um, and so that takes us back to the Bible and the Bible mm -hmm. is full of horror as a genre. 
Um, right, right in the very beginning, um, you have uh, a well, right towards the beginning. It's two thousand years into the history of man, but you have um, you have an angry deity destroying all of humanity, all of the animals on mm-hmm. the planet. Um, and if you if you know if you're thinking that's not horror, no, that's horrific. That's if you we we all think of like Noah's Ark with all the animals and it's a floating zoo. No, this is this is people people and animals drowning worldwide, getting stuck mm. in mudslides, and you know this is this is horrific. Okay, and so that mm-hmm. right at the very beginning of the Bible, um, you have uh, Cain and Abel. You have a brother killing his brother uh, because of envy, mm. um, and you have God saying, you know, the voice of your brother, the blood of your brother cries from the ground. And, and you move along through the Bible and you've got, I don't remember the, the names in the story, but you've got, you've got a man cutting his daughter into pieces and mailing her body parts across the country as a warning, you know, mm. like someone, kill, you know, I, uh, I think it's when they, um, I think they um, violated and killed her. And so so there's this weird, like you know, FedEx thing going on where body parts are going all over the nation. Uh, the tent spike Jael and the tent spike through the king's head. You know, you've got horror throughout the whole, the entire Bible, and it's illustrating the very same thing we just talked about: that, that man is sinful, and um, that's mm. why bad things happen. Not, and it's you know, go back to Job. I'm not saying that be, if you go through a hard time, it's because you're sinning. Mm-hmm it's because there is a fall where mankind mm-hmm. rebelled against their God and we have all inherited a sin nature. And unfortunately we've also inherited the ramifications of other people's sin. When other people do mm. bad things, we suffer. So anyway, I, that's my quick pitch. I think horror is number one, a great, it's a biblical genre that um, magnifies the extreme, as Paul would say, the extreme sinfulness of sin. Um, mm. it, it shows you how truly awful and horrific sin is. Um, and, uh, moving, moving that into out of the Bible and into our literature that we create our stories that we tell. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's only natural, um, where I would say we as Christians should, um, draw a line is, is gratuity. Um, mm-hmm. don't, we shouldn't create horror for the sake of horror. Mm. We shouldn't create, we like, you know, um, like I, I think of torture porn as a genre, mm-hmm. um, saw hostile, these kind of movies. I don't enjoy them because they exist. And yes, you can probably find a moral in those stories, but it's mm. almost like they exist to glorify the horror itself, the gore, mm. the, um, the blood drawing, <laughs> so to speak. So, I would say as Christians, we have to definitely tread a, um, tread a precarious line there Mm. um, and not, and not indulge overindulging as writers and artists in, in the darker side and make sure that we're, um, we're using horror to shine light on, on truth. um, Mm. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Yeah. Look up Brian Godawa, you guys, he does it better than I do. (laughs) Yeah. I'm right there with you. And, and, uh, you know, for that, uh, on that gratuitous side, um, honestly, I, I and I'm, uh, I'm a, uh, I'm kind of an odd duck on this because I, I don't enjoy horror as a genre very much. Mm. Um, but I enjoy things like, uh, alien, right. and, you know, which was kind of 
a horror movie and set in space of yeah. sorts. Um, but, uh, you know, there are, there are ways to have horrific ideas portrayed where you don't have to actually show them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, there's, there are creative ways to present the subject. And yeah. uh, so I, I think it's, it's something that's, you know, that is interest. It's an interesting subject for me to, to talk about. And, you know, with this, uh, with this coming out around, you know, October in the middle yeah. of Halloween month, I thought that would be kind of interesting idea to talk about. Well, um, Cal, uh, do you have kind of a, a target date for days of Noah or is it just going to be when it's ready? Yeah, I would, I would love to put a date on it, but, um, so like, for instance, if I were to just go by how long it took me to draw the first three pages, it took me about a week to do three pages, which is really good um, until you realize how basic my art is compared to some other art out there. <laughs> um, but uh, but I've since gone back and redrawn two of the panels on the first page. Um, and I, like I said earlier, I have a sense that I'm going to do that a lot as I... When I get to page 10, I think I'm probably going to go back and redraw stuff in pages three, four, and five. Um, and so I basically, I just want it to be as good as it can be when it's done. Mm. And so um, I will say it will be before Shinobi Sasquatch ships because um, <laughs> I've hired an artist to help um, a guy named Chris Graves, who's amazing, um, to help us finish the book. And he's going to actually, he's starting in October. He's going to do two pages in October. But um, I can, at present, I can only afford to pay him generally for one page a month. So it's mm. still, Shinobi Sasquatch is still a ways out. We still have almost 60 pages left to do. Um, mm. Times that, you know, you figure that out one page a month. It's still a while. <laughs> um, I hate to say <laughs> it. And if, if I, you know, if my wife and I get big raises sometime uh, before then, and I can go up to two or three pages a month, I will totally do it. Um, it's worth it to me to make my backers happy um, to just pay out of pocket um for an artist but uh that all being said days of noah is being drawn on the side by me not chris graves or rob willis right um, and so my my goal to get that out would be um i would say um i can i can i think i could pretty safely say within a year i'll have it done mm. within a year um it could be three months if i just get really fast but Probably not. <laughs> I think six months is a is like is probably kind of a safeish bet. But I would mm. I'm gonna just on the record say next by next October it'll be done completely, and uh, I'll leave it there. <laughs> Very cool. Well, when you're ready to release it out into the world, um, definitely uh, let me know. We'll have you back on the show. We'll, oh yeah, we'll show it off. Well, um, so Cal. Uh, real quick, tell the audience, where can they find you? How can they follow you if they want to keep up with what's going on with you? Yeah. Um, well, on uh, Twitter or X um, <laughs> is the probably the best place to find me. Um, it, my, my handle is just my name backwards, Jameson Cal. Um, you can also find me on Instagram, and it's Cal the Scribe. So Instagram.com, Cal, the word the, and the word scribe. That's before I decided to be an artist. 
Uh, <laughs> um, I'm posting a lot of art, uh, mainly on Instagram. Um, I post most of it on, on X, but uh, mostly I'm posting on Instagram. And um, so you can find me those two places. Also check out Breaking Rad on, on YouTube and Rumble. Um, we'd prefer you watch us on Rumble. Uh, and um, it's just search Breaking Rad. And I think we're like the first thing that comes up. We have a live stream every Tuesday at 9.30 Eastern time. And then we have various uh, shorts and things that go out throughout each week. Um, drawing, time-lapse, um, you know, clips from our live stream, stuff like that. But our, we were talking about this earlier. Our niche is not really a niche. We're just Christian. We're nerdy Christian dads. And we just, if you're a nerdy Christian man, even a woman, we have some female viewers. Uh, you might just like to come and hang out and listen to us talk and, and, and get involved in chat. Um, and sometimes we create super teams that will be comic books someday. So come hang out awesome. with us. Awesome. Well, I'll put links down to all that in the show notes. Cal, it has been great having you on the show today. Yeah, it's been awesome, man. Love it. It was great getting to know Cal and hear about his current project. If you're interested in following Cal and his work, check out the links in the show notes down below. Well, that's all I have for you today. Don't forget to like, subscribe, follow, you know, just click all those buttons down there. That way you can uh, keep up with us anytime we put out new content. You can find all of our social links and links to our YouTube channel and to our online store at ChristianEnergyNight.com. If you enjoy the show and want to help even more, consider becoming a supporter on Patreon. All of our Patreon levels have great benefits and make a huge difference in the ministry we're able to do. Supporters will also get to hear exclusive stories of believers we are serving around the world through our ministry partners. To check it out or to partner with us, go to patreon.com slash christiannerdsunite or christiannerdsunite.com and click support in the menu. And don't forget to check out christiannerdhq.com for more great podcasts. Before you go, I do want to leave you with this blessing from Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, who through the blood of the eternal covenant brought back from the dead our Lord Jesus, that great shepherd of the sheep, equip you with everything good for doing his will, and may he work in us what is pleasing to him through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. We'll see you next week. Blessings. Hey.